Coming up on Lockdown Brewers, it's Interrogation Tuesday. Brian Anderson is on the show, the voice of the Milwaukee Brewers. Going to be turning the tables a little bit on him, and he's going to be the one being interviewed. This is a must-listen to his inspiring story and, of how, and how he got to where he has gotten to. All right, let's do this. From the state-of-the-art global podcasting center known as Maggie's Basement, welcome to Vinny's World. This is Lockdown Brewers. You are Locked On Brewers, your daily Milwaukee Brewers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, and welcome back, all you cheesers, to the Lockdown Brewers podcast, brought to you by Lockdown Podcast Network. Talk talk about your favorite teams every day. I am Vinny Rotino. You can follow me on Twitter at Vinny Rotino, and also check me out on the pre- and post-game show during the season for Bally Sports Wisconsin. Also, make sure you follow at Lockdown Brewers on Twitter and subscribe to the Lockdown Brewers podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. And thanks for making Lockdown Brewers your first listen every day. We post episodes daily, five days a week, Monday through Friday, and we are free and available on all platforms. Coming to you plausibly live from Realtor Maggie's basement, make sure you hit her up, Maggie Rotino, on Instagram, or she will shut this whole operation down very, very quickly. Uh, This is Interrogation Tuesday. Uh, Still working the kinks out on that for the name on that one, but I think we'll go with it. For now, has a nice little ring to it, I think. Uh, I think it puts the guest on edge a little bit. I like it so far, but until further notice, interrogation Tuesday it is. And so, as I said, look, Brian Anderson is here with me today. If you missed the show yesterday, I wanted to let you know exactly what Brian Anderson and Dom Catronio did for me. You, you know, you heard the show. I got ridiculed, virtually tarred and feathered on Twitter for my <laughs> for my sound quality. The first couple of shows that I did host, it was awful. Uh, you know, I was recording on 1997 earbuds, and uh, BA comes to the house, come come like a couple of him and Dom Catronio come like a couple of superheroes, Batman and Robin. Fixed up my basement, gave me state of the art equipment, they gave me the microphone. Uh, obviously the earbuds here and everything, I mean, everything's sounding amazing. Do want to thank you, BA. How you doing today? Of course, man. I'm so impressed. You've become this media mogul now. Look at you. You've got a, a proper studio and proper equipment. You've kind of turned into a media darling. So is this where the tables turn here? Is this where all those years when I interviewed you and you played for the Brewers and when you're scouting and now you're going to interview me? Have you prepared for this interview? That's what it is. Well, I did prepare a couple of minutes before. I think I asked you what to ask you. So here <laughs> we go. Here we go. I think fans are going to really like this show. I mean, we're going to talk about what Brian Anderson, who he is and how he came to be. And uh, I mean, I think everyone loves your story. So, I mean, can we just kind of get into that a little bit and, and tell us, like, you know, how did you get to be where you are and, and you know, who is... Brian Anderson, the broadcaster, is just a remarkable story. I've heard it a couple of times, and uh, share with us. Well, I uh, I always wanted to play. My older brother Mike, who you know very well, um, was a player. He's five years older. So um, when I kind of got into my adult years, so you know when I'm 
graduating from high school, going to college, my first two years of of college, I, I was on a baseball scholarship and I played baseball. And I, you know, at that time, I was thinking this is uh, 1990, 1991. I'm still thinking maybe I'll be good enough to play professionally, and that's still a dream uh, that I have, and uh, I want to do that. But you know, it was about my sophomore, junior year. I realized that I, I wasn't going to be good enough to go to the next level. So a little bit of panic set in. Uh, also, at that same time, the worst thing that could have happened actually became the best thing that could have happened. Uh, my college that I played for, Southwestern University at the time in Georgetown, Texas, uh, kind of an NAI powerhouse, guys like Mike Timlin, Mike Stanton, my brother Mike, were all uh, part of that organization. Scott Terry, if you go back a little bit further, uh, all part of that university. So, but but they decided after my sophomore year, it's kind of in the middle of my sophomore year, that they were going to drop scholarships and go Division three. And I wanted to continue to play at a higher level, and um, I I quickly pivoted and I transferred to St. Mary's University in San Antonio. Uh, I'd been recruited by Charlie Miggle, who was the head coach there at St. Mary's. Uh, they they shared the field with the double-A team, the San Antonio Missions, who at that time were a Dodgers affiliate. So I really loved the vibe of that. And um, I didn't go there initially because they had a catcher named Tim Goins, um, whose uh, nephew play, plays in the big leagues. Uh, so I, I, I just felt like I wasn't going to play much, and I had a chance to play at this other university. So – Long story short, I ended up transferring, and, and during that process, um, I decided to just, like, soul search and go into this deep dive of what I really wanted to do with my life and uh, kind of came out of it still playing baseball. We were the number one team in the nation, NAIA baseball. We had a very good team. Uh, I enjoyed playing, and at the same time, I was able to kind of pivot and go from a business major and go into communication. So they didn't really offer a journalism degree at St. Mary's. Um, it, so I was a business, I was an English communications major transferring from business. And so that really changed my life. And then getting to San Antonio, um, which would have been the summer of 91, um, I the, the San Antonio Spurs have training camp at, at St. Mary's as I'm arriving. Uh, they the, the minor league baseball season's going on. It just felt like a whole world opened up to me at that point. So, you know, my, my mind was thinking, all right, I, I can either, like, I'm going to play it out my last two years, enjoy playing. We've got a great team. Um, and then I'm going to start pursuing some of these other opportunities, whether it be a scout, a baseball scout, which is was like a real possibility at one point, or go into broadcasting and start to try to figure all this out. And that's kind of how it all started. And, um, I, I had no training. Like if I was a musician, you would say that he has no, no formal training. You know, I don't read the notes. I just kind of launched myself into it. I started recording play by play on a radio shack tape recorder of minor league baseball games. Cause I, I was right there living right there at St. Mary's and, and the minor league baseball team was still, you know, finishing up their season so now fast forward all the way around to the next summer. We I competed in my junior year. I was a starting catcher and had a great season, went to the playoffs, the whole bit. 
Now school's over, and I decided to stay in San Antonio, and I took an internship working at a studio, um, running camera, and I, I learned how to do everything, graphics, camera, all the tech stuff. And I was able to continue this process of uh, recording games just on my own, but I got to know those guys a little better. I helped run, uh, like pull the tarp and be on the grounds crew for the minor league baseball team and was starting to, you know, network a little bit with those guys. And so uh, fast forward to the next summer. Now I've graduated. Now our my playing career is over, which ended in the NAI College World Series. And my career's over. And now I've kind of been doing some of this ancillary work and some of this tech work. And sure enough, the missions had a job open. And uh, they wanted me to be the number two uh, broadcaster with the minor league baseball team right there that I had uh, been with the last two years and like sharing the same ballpark and all that. So I was really lucky. I had a decision to make whether I wanted to go to scouting school with the Cincinnati Reds or go into broadcasting for $25 a game wow. <laughs> and set up the equipment and call the middle three innings. So at age 22, I did that. And, you know, I can't, I'd, I'd love to say the rest is history, but the fast uh, story after that was nine years of minor league baseball, some college basketball sprinkled in high school football in Texas on the radio. Uh, you know, as my, as my profile is, is building and I'm getting more comfortable and getting better. Uh, I add San Antonio Spurs sideline. Um, I work for ESPN doing like the double a all-star game and the triple a all-star game and, Little League World Series regionals, things like that. So I'm kind of just over a process of about five or six years, kind of slowly getting different gigs and different opportunities and, you know, like busting through paper ceilings. Um, And then that culminated in 99 in the full-time Spurs sideline reporter job, which was another huge break for me um, because that was the first year the Spurs won the championship, the first of their five championships NBA titles that's basically when the dynasty started was 99 so I was a part of that whole group still doing minor league baseball Um, and then in 2003 I I got a huge break to do uh, live golf on national television for golf channel 25 30 events a year four days a week on TV Um, so that was a big break I left the minor league job I did golf channel and uh, the Spurs that ha- that went down for about four years, from 03, 04, 05, 06. and then 2007 I got the Brewers job, and then in 2008 uh, I got hired to do Turner TBS. I did the playoffs that year. 2008 I actually did the Brewers and the Phillies, and then you know that has just slowly grown to kind of get where I'm at now. I just finished my 15th year with the Brewers and my 14th year with Turner Sports and. Um, you know, it, it took a long time to get to the big league level. Uh, but once I got there, things happened fast. And I like to say it's because I spent all those years in the minor leagues and over 1200 games and doing it all by myself, you know, setting up the equipment and just exactly what we were doing in your house. (laughs) Uh, basically the same setup, you know, but doing that, tearing it down, calling a game, uh, the whole bit. So, you know, I, I feel very, very fortunate to have 
gone the path that I did. It's I don't know anybody who's taken that path, but uh, I'm glad I went down that path because I do feel more well-rounded and versed and ready for any opportunity that comes my way because I've kind of gone through uh, so many different iterations of being a broadcaster in my life. Truly, truly amazing. I mean, it's truly a story of uh, just grinding it out. I mean, you didn't necessarily play baseball, but you lived the life of the grinder, that that guy that's just going to knock down every single wall that is in front of him. And I mean, it's truly an inspiring story, B.A. I mean, um, I love hearing that. Um, I, I don't think I've heard it to that, you know, level of detail ever before. And it's it really is cool to hear um it's very very inspiring and obviously um just listening to it you're, you're so accomplished and, and it's it's you're obviously gonna continue to be accomplished and you're, you're 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 not a rising star anymore in the industry i mean you are a star and it, it's so cool that you are on your hands and knees in my basement <laughs> three days ago well actually that to me feels that feels normal to me like um being on camera, being on television, that still doesn't feel normal, even though I've done it for, you know, almost 30 years now. Um, what feels normal is is just kind of getting into it, you know, and not worrying about um, maybe the result. But let's – I'm a huge process guy, and I learned this. Uh, I wasn't always that way. When I first started, my only goal was – to just kind of live the life of a professional baseball player slash person. Now I was the broadcaster, but part of what got me hired is the fact that I played college baseball and they needed somebody to throw batting practice and catch bullpens. And I did that. I, I remember catching Chan Ho Park's first bullpen in the United States uh, or a double a anyway, he had been at spring training, but I caught his first bullpen. Bert Hooten was a pitching coach, and I was throwing batting practice. I mean, for <laughs> the first five years, I would throw the first group of BP, go shower, and go up to the radio booth. Um, when we had Louis <laughs> Tion as a pitching coach, he couldn't throw, so I threw the first two groups oh, wow. of batting practice, and John Shelby was the manager, T-Bone. So I did all that. I was living the dream, you know, I, but yeah. I was not even thinking about a future it was just more like well this is cool i'll do that this is cool i'll do that uh pull bags a dollar a bag off the bus i'll do that so uh -huh. it was almost like i'll just do any of this stuff but then there was a time you know when i i had to to bear down it's probably about the time you know when we i was already married i got married right out of college and my wife michelle and i were talking about a future like what do what are we doing what do i do yeah. you know i have a college degree and all my friends have mortgages and big jobs and I'm here toiling away as a minor <laughs> league broadcaster. And that's when I really got serious and I started, you know, probably three years in and then another level five years in where I really started to focus on the craft and let's, let's improve every single day, dive into that process. Don't worry about uh, the comparative thinking, how others are getting jobs, how others are <laughs> moving up. Uh, and my brother was really influential in that because I remember at one point, you'll recognize this statement because it, it's a common thing for ballplayers to hear. But I can remember complaining about like, God, this guy's getting this job and this job and I'm still stuck here in double A and just complaining about it and feeling yeah. like I'm getting a bad break. And I remember him saying, well, 
why not just start announcing better? Just start being better <laughs> at your job. Like love it. What what he used to tell pitchers, you know, start pitching better if you don't like to if you don't yeah. like double A, start pitching better and start announcing better. And that was always like a theme of ours as we went on. I was just really it it hit me right between the eyes. Like, yeah, there's things I'm not doing that I could be doing to improve every single day. Yeah. And that's listening to my to my games and listening back and trying to improve my voice quality and my breath support and all the mechanical hmm. things that go into it. So I'm not, it was not as like a smooth path. It was sure. a lot of paranoia. There was a lot of, I quit one year. I quit oh, wow. broadcasting in 99. Not many people know that. Um, I actually gave it up. I just, I couldn't take it anymore. I was, I was stuck in the minor leagues. I was doing 140 games a year on the buses, throwing batting practice, uh, and I was just ragged, you know, and I was gone a lot. And, um, I, I had a daughter that was born that year. So I quit. I was like, that's it. I'm done. And then I came right back in 2000 and, uh, started up again. So, um, it was not a smooth path at all. Um, but you know, I, I did keep focused on every day, try to be a little bit better. And then if you stack all those you know, if you think about the beer bottles coming down the assembly line, the, you know, ultimately you're going to have a whole, you know, uh, uh, a book of of achievements and failures, but that just gets bigger and bigger. But stay in the now, stay as those bottles come down, keep, keep a, you know, paying attention to the next bottle that's in front of you. Uh, I have that Laverne and Shirley, like, <laughs> thought in my mind, you yeah. know, the open where the bottles keep coming so that that's kind of how I did it, and that's when I really things really changed for me when I got serious about the being a professional broadcaster, even though I was being paid, like really be intentional about studying the craft, improving the craft, talking to people who know the craft, and then applying that in my own way. So hmm. um, that probably came along about ninety seven. I started ninety four, ninety six, ninety seven. And then really in 99 is when I, when I got really serious. Truly inspiring. It really, really is BA. <laughs> I could hear that story seriously a, a million times because that's the life, you know, I, I wanted to live myself in terms of trying to become a major leaguer and stick in the major leagues. And I, I, I do want to follow up some more, but I am a, a novice rookie podcaster and i have to read this live read real quick so do it man i can't wait to hear it <laughs> sit back and enjoy uh you know more from ba but first bet online has you covered all season more props odds and lines than ever before as the football season continues to march to the playoffs bet online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use your promo code locked on to receive your bonus from basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. It's beautiful. <laughs> I see the tear run, rolling down your eyes, but one more direct TV, uh, get, get your TV together 
Today, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all your entertainment you love without the hassle. Direct TV Stream brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, which means you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. And the best part, there's no annual contract, so stop waiting and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more about Direct TV at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. So again, I did see a tear streaming down your face. B. You know, there. That... Ultimately, you're going to learn that you can insert those pieces. <laughs> it was it's called that. editing. <laughs> but the fact you did it live, I think, I think, I think your sponsors are going to love that, Vinny. I, I, I think this is your thing. You know, you're, you're like the Mannings. You know, you're like the. <laughs> The Wisconsin version of the Mannings, the, the little bit of awkwardness that you have about about some of the stuff really makes it entertaining for me and everybody else. I hope you're right. I hope you're right. Um, but uh, no, I, I actually enjoy doing this. I do feel like, you know, like everything you just said, that's how I feel right now. I do want to get really, really good at this. And I really appreciate your mentorship in, in along the way so far. And I know I've only been doing it for the last, you know, eight months ever since the 2021 season started for the Brewers and obviously doing the pre and post game show. Um, it was an absolute blast. And, and if, if anybody doesn't know that story, it, it, it's all because of Brian Anderson. I was a colleague of his brother, Mike Anderson with the Texas Rangers when I scouted and, and Brian kind of mentioned, I, I couldn't scout anymore. Right. My, my two-year-old daughter, a couple of years ago told me thanks for visiting when I came home one, oh. one day for a few for oh. a few days during the season. So I had to figure out something else to do. But yeah, uh, Brian said that he thought I would be pretty decent at, at broadcasting. And um, yeah, I mean, he's been mentoring me kind of ever since. And that's uh, it's just the kind of guy. It's a testament to the kind of guy you are, Brian. I really, really do appreciate it more than you know. Well, um, I, one thing I'll, I'll say, too, it's not like. And it's important for people to know this. I don't do that as just a favor because I know you. Because the reason I wanted to to lean into you and your next phase is because you bring something that we really have never had. You and Tim Dillard both. And so, you know, we've had a lot of conversations about, okay, where do we go with with uh, Brewers Broadcasting and where, where can we take this? And, you know, one thing that we talked about and, and Bill Schroeder was heavily involved in this too. It's like, we have enough people that just want to parachute in and maybe be present for a week, a series or whatever. There's, there's plenty of people to do that. It's really hard to find the individuals that a live in Wisconsin, like you do lived out your dream playing for the team you grew up rooting for, had a big league career, played all over. So for me, it was almost the reverse of, of my career where you have all the knowledge, the content, the experience. You've seen and done pretty much everything in this game. And I've heard you deliver it. I've, I've heard you teach. I've heard you do all that. And so, yes, the mechanics of actually wearing a microphone, knowing where the talk button is, uh, condensing your thoughts. I'm actually going through the same kind of thing right now with Stan Van Gundy. We have the exact same conversations on the NBA on TNT. Uh, I have with Stan Van Gundy that I've had with you. Again, the knowledge well is very deep and that's great for our fans. 
and people who watch you all year, you and Tim Dillard both, realize that, like, there's something special about you two. You guys both killed the pre- and post-game. You you totally home-run this thing, and you took us to places we had never been. The analytics discussions, making sense of the analytics, uh, getting into breakdowns and teaching us about mechanics, and that stuff's really important. And, uh, you know, as the season went on, I, I just could not have been more impressed with you and only cemented my my thought that you're, you've got a chance to be a star in this industry. And so I did it for selfish reasons, and I did it for Brewers fans because I, I, I've always been searching for individuals who can be part of our group and deliver a great entertainment and knowledge to our fans. And so you kind of hit, you know, checked all the boxes for me. The things, the boxes you didn't check were things that we could easily fix with repetition and um, experience. And I would say most players, most people, and I have trained up a ton of former athletes to be broadcasters, including guys like Sean Elliott and, um, Hmm. you know, with the Spurs and just a ton of guys over the years. And so I think it's really important that when you have the knowledge base and uh, you you have a way to deliver and, uh, you know, you're kind of endless in how deep you can go in a game. You can go as as far as, as people would be probably willing to go because the way you've seen the game your whole career. So I thought that was more important than anything else. All the other stuff takes care of itself. And then look at you, like you've taken on podcasting and uh, you're doing all this extra stuff that I never even dreamed of and you're doing great. And so like, you know, you hosting your own show, editing all this stuff, setting up your own little studio, that's a big deal. And it shows that you have a lot of drive. It's kind of the overachiever syndrome that you've always had. And um, that's another thing I knew, you know, I knew you would do that. And Tim Dillard as well. So, um, you know, I couldn't be happier for your success. And you're going to be a huge part of Brewers television, Brewers broadcasting for many years to come. Well, that's, that's, uh, that's very, very, uh, humbling for you to say that. So I pre I appreciate, I'll just trust you that, uh, that, that will come, come about, but, uh, yeah, like you said, just kind of keep your, your nose to the grind and, and every single day, try and get better. I mean, and it is just, a, you know, the podcast it is an everyday thing. So I'll, I will certainly get my reps here this off season and then, uh, continue to during the year as well. So, and you're bringing, uh, you're doing a great service. I mean, I would want to listen to you. I do listen to you because I know we're getting into the off-season mode. There's stuff that that you're going to know and you're going to be able to share that's that's very interesting, and nobody really has that kind of outlet. I mean, who has your experience? So I'm actually really looking forward to all all of this. I'm honored to be uh, your first guest. I you guess are technically, my... I'm I'm your first your interrogation here. But <laughs> but let me ask you a question. So yeah. how close to an at-bat in the big leagues or a pressure moment with a runner at first, you're catching and you got to throw a guy out. Like how close is that to stepping behind the mic and coming on television on Bally Sports Wisconsin for the first time? Like do you still get a little goose out of being on TV? You know what? The first time looking back, you know, and I I think that I did just – less than okay I was below average my first few times on TV and in fact people told me that I was not very good at first which was I'm fine with because I finished up pretty strong and I I got a lot more comfortable on camera 
in delivering what I wanted to deliver, obviously continue to work on things. But that first time I was, I was fairly, fairly nervous. I mean, um, my first at bat in the big league tower, there's, there's nothing like that. I mean, it, it, you can't even swallow, right? Like you can no. get no, it's, <laughs> it's, le- it's, it's literally walking from the on deck circle to the, to the batter's box, left, right, left, right. I'm telling you, you have to remind yourself how to walk to the plate. It was so nerve wracking 40. I mean, it was 40,000 fans with two outs in the bottom of the ninth. In the Brewers, for your hometown team, right? For hometown team. Ned, would have been you know, easier if you were with another team, you think? I do think that would have been easier, yes. Yeah. In fact, when I got over to, to New York and Terry Collins let me play a little bit more than just, you know, a September call-up, pat on the back, and that's kind of what it was for me every single yeah. year that I did get called up. Terry, you know, Terry Collins, like, hey, we're, we're going to need you against left-handed pitchers. And I loved hitting against left-handed pitchers. So, I, you know, I that was – that made me feel like I finally made it to the big leagues that year in 2012 for the Mets. So, um, I mean, there is a correlation yeah. where, uh, and, and you could even go back if you want to go like biblical, you can go back to the new Testament and even Jesus himself talking about moving away from his hometown to actually be what you're supposed to be. And I had that in my career. Uh, I left, I could not get any traction in San Antonio, as far as as far as play by play, they just didn't see me that way. Hmm. They didn't see me as a play by play announcer. Remember, I'd been a cameraman for them, and then I'd done graphics. They had seen me as kind of a tech. They threw me a bone with the sideline job. I was supposed to do one game as a fill in. I ended up doing ten. Then I got the full time job, and they're like, "Yeah, I guess you can't hurt us in that role." But I never. They never really had it in their mind that. Let's for in your frame, in your terminology, I was a big leaguer, right? I was a play by play guy. And it's funny because, you know, maybe that was the case uh, with you in Milwaukee, like you had come up. And also, do you notice when you do leave and you're kind of out there on your own? And when I went to Golf Channel and certainly when I came to Milwaukee, I felt like it was a brand new uh, training ground, like it was a new palette that I was working with. Nobody really knew me. They didn't really know my background. This is where I started with them. And like, you go to the Mets, you're just a big league ball player. That's yeah. going to play against left-handed pitching, you know, and it, that changes your mindset too. It's like, if we could only capture that and change our mindset before all the demons get in there, yeah, uh, maybe we would be better for that. But I, I did find it so much easier when I left my hometown and went elsewhere because I didn't have all that, all that burden of what I had been. I still get nervous when I go to San Antonio and do an NBA game because I, it puts me right back in that place. When I was a handheld cameraman saying to myself, I wonder if I can ever do play by play. And I, and I go right back and Greg Popovich is still a coach. So of (laughs) course he was there when I was doing that, (laughs) but I go right back to that, that, mental place you know when i'm 20 years old um so it's still it 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 freaks me out a little bit yeah (laughs) to to go to san antonio even though i've called you know games big games in front of 20 million fans and all this when i go back to san antonio i feel like a 21 year old inexperienced novice at this and kind of have to check myself a little bit yeah no that's uh that's yeah, 100%. I mean, as soon as I left 
you know, Milwaukee and kind of toiled around in AAA and get called up for sure. You, you just feel a little bit different. So, yeah, I mean, I think that uh, that's a really good, you know, connection there and uh, analogy to, to what a, a player experiences for sure. Um, so speaking of that, so what about Milwaukee? I mean, everyone loves to hear that you're sticking around and this and, and being, you know, my first guest, I do have to watch time here. I think this is the last question here, BA, but everyone loves the idea that you just continue to tout how much you love Milwaukee mm-hmm. and you're staying here. I mean, look, I love it. I'm born and raised here, uh, but you're, you're a Texas guy and you just love Milwaukee and love Wisconsin and, and everyone loves hearing it on the broadcast and, it, and, it, and it's authentic. It comes through as is that's you know you really have a, a a place in your heart for this place and that's so cool and so tell us more are you are you sticking around for, yeah. for the long haul yeah yeah for sure I, I just signed a contract extension uh my games are gonna drop so I'm, I'm only gonna be able to do about 50 games a year now uh jeff levering is gonna move into uh, the primary TV role, he'll be doing over 100 games. Huge opportunity for him. He's ready. He deserves it. He's been, yeah. um, you know, he he has been pursued by a number of major league teams. He's shown incredible loyalty by wanting to stay. And I don't want to lose Jeff. And uh, it's really important that he continue to further his career as well. So, I do love Milwaukee. My wife loves Milwaukee, which is most important. Uh, We weren't sure what it was going to be. We just took a leap of faith when we moved here in 2007. I got here first. I was here for about three months. Then my family came. My daughter was in second grade at the time. Now she's a senior at Marquette Hmm. University, about to graduate in May. Um, And we just fell in love with the place. We just, I I don't know what to say about it other than unless you've experienced it. And I was the cliche, why would anybody live there? It's so cold. (laughs) I I was totally in that camp. Believe me, I was, um, I was nervous, nervous about living here. Uh, But after, you know, starting in year two, and then as things start going with the Brewers and how fun that was, how amazing the summers are, the summer and the fall, the lakes, the the small town feel to a big city. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And this just is home, man. Like I, I, I've had a number of opportunities to leave um, with many different ball clubs and different networks. And my answer has always been no. <laughs> and I do give the Brewers a lot of credit because they could have easily told me to hit the road at any point um, during this process. I mean, there were times when they had a decision to make. Do we want this guy around doing not the full schedule, but a partial schedule? And they decided that they wanted to work with me, and I certainly wanted to work with them. And I will I will stay with the Brewers as long as they'll have me. Um, we have a great relationship, as you know, because you, now you've gotten into it, but we have an incredible broadcasting department. And I'm not just talking about those you see on the air or hear on the air but the people around it, the support staff, our technicians, our operators, our camera folks, audio graphics, um, on and up to like our executive branch. Like we have great communication. We're a real family. Yeah. Um, and you got to experience that. And, and that's mm-hmm. rare. That is very rare. Um, our owner, Mark Adonacio, comes to our crew party every year. Yeah. And I can tell you the number is one for owners <laughs> 
to come to a television crew party around any professional sports. Every network has crew parties at the end of seasons, every sport. One owner, our owner, not only comes but wants to come and says a few words and hangs around and has a beer with the crew and answers questions and is usually the last one to leave. So I I just found that, like, it's just the coolest thing in the world to be able to uh, experience that. So it's a really special place to me. And if the Brewers told me to take a hike, I would still live here and I'd probably be a season ticket holder and uh, be a big fan, but I'm glad I get to stay a part of the organization. That's so cool. No, we, we love having you as a, you're officially, I think 15 years is the, the cheeser cutoff. So now you are considered a cheeser. I feel a cheeser. (laughs) (laughs) But BA, this, this was so awesome. Thank you so much for everything, first of all, but you know, obviously thank you for, for coming on the show today. This was a, a blast. I will listen to this back and um, many times because I love hearing the story, but it was a pleasure to have you on. And uh, thank you. You're welcome, man. Keep up the great work. We're glad you're part of it. Way to hustle. Way to overachieve. <laughs> and I hope this podcast blows up because it's uh, you're you're going to deliver some great content, man. I, I love every. I love the way you think about the game. I love the way you see the game. I learned a lot from you this year watching the Bally Sports Wisconsin pre- and post-game. So uh, I'm really excited that uh, you're taking on this venture, Vinny. Way to go, bud. Awesome. Thanks, B.A. Really cool episode there, guys. And that'll do it for the Lockdown Brewers podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Lockdown Brewers. And you can follow me at Vinny Rotino. Also, make sure you subscribe to Lockdown Brewers podcast, wherever you get your podcast, And we will talk to you next time. You are Locked On Brewers, your daily Milwaukee Brewers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.